That heart of saying, I've been given something, I have what I need, and I want to say thanks is, uh, is really beautiful. Welcome to the Essentially Translatable Podcast, brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. I'm Richard Dusky. And I'm Emily Wilson. And it is that time of year. <laughs> time to eat. <laughs> time to eat. Yes, it's November here. I was going to say getting cold, although this particular day, it's mm. nice and warm outside. But yeah, I was outside uh, yesterday, of course, here in the Midwest. It gets dark mm-hmm. ridiculously mm-hmm. early now. But before it gets dark, there's that like... Hardly any leaves on the tree, faded pink sky with the sun going down in the skyline. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of when I was a kid watching Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. That's how they draw the, <laughs> yeah. the scenery there. And mm-hmm. anyways, that's like our experience right now here in the Midwest. So that time of year when it's it's getting cold, but uh, here in the United States, we have the Thanksgiving holiday. And mm-hmm. so to celebrate that, because in America, for the Thanksgiving holiday, has a lot to do with uh, food. Mm-hmm. We wanted yes. to talk a little bit about food and yeah. festivals, so tell the folks what we're in store yeah. for. Yeah, so our Christmas episode, we shared Christmas stories, Easter, Easter stories, and we're like, okay, you know, Thanksgiving is a very American holiday. I guess right. we, we do actually have a Canadian story in there because Canadians also celebrate Thanksgiving, just right. not in November. Correct. Yeah. But you know, we, we gotta, we gotta give a little salute, a little nod to our Northern friendly neighbors. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> and the global audience, I mean, the, the many exactly. countries have a Thanksgiving holiday exactly. just at different times of the year. So. Exactly. Yeah. So food and festivals, not always Thanksgiving, but just celebrating, hey, we're all getting together. And there is a lot of fellowship that happens over food. Yeah. I mean, it, it's almost like, is it fellowship if you don't have food? It's a, it's a question. It's a question. Yeah. I know that uh, that's how I got where I am in life. <laughs> Right now, there was a lot of food involved, so <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> so, um, yeah. all right, well, who's up first? Here? All right, so we want to share with you a story from Rhoda Hogue in her early days in Liberia, and uh, she's got a really great story. So a little bit about food prep and expectations maybe not being met. <laughs> so enjoy. Well, hi, everybody. We're, we were in Liberia back in the 80s, and I think this was in 1985. It was our second Thanksgiving in Liberia, and we were going to be in the city. We had a, a village home, but uh, we were going to be in the capital city of Monrovia for Thanksgiving. And some other missionaries told us that they found a man who was selling turkeys, He raised them and he was uh, selling them. And this was not a real common thing. We're mostly used to sort of guinea fowl running around or chickens that didn't always look so great either. So I didn't have high hopes for this, but, you know, a turkey, it's Thanksgiving. So we put in our order for one and I didn't even think to say how big or anything because I just didn't think they'd be that big. Well, the day he showed up, I guess the day before Thanksgiving, with these turkeys, which were thankfully defeathered and ready for the oven, and I was a bit shocked at the size. These guys were like 25 to 30 pounds. They were huge, just huge, and I wasn't alone in that. 
you know, we got to talking to each other, uh, other ladies, and uh, there was one lady who wisely had ordered, you know, a smaller turkey, and and the price was pretty high too. I can't remember what turkeys were going for like in the States at that time, but I know these were like a couple of dollars a pound. And so they got pretty pricey. And then the other problem was that they just didn't fit in our our little stove. We had um, one of those with the four burners that are all next to each other, you know, just like a, a small stove. So the oven was small and I didn't have a pan that big either. So someone helped us cut the turkey in half. Um, a lot of, of the other ladies did that as well. And so I cooked half a turkey at the time, at a time, and we just had a lot of turkey that year. And nobody wanted us to really share it with them either, because they had a lot of turkey. And anyway, it made for a, a, a fun memory and just kind of enjoyable in its own way and fun. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that just reminds me like the almost universal story when you live overseas or cross culturally is like you can't take anything for granted. So all the assumptions mm-hmm. you might make about like what size it's gonna be, how much right. it's gonna cost, like if you don't think to ask because it just seems so automatic, then <laughs> yeah. that's you're assume gonna nothing. Get what you're gonna get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how Rhoda like just paints this picture and it's like I can imagine like like what are we gonna do with this? Right. And like, like you, I know it probably wasn't that, but like I just imagine like someone getting out a saw. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out what a half a cooked turkey looks like. Are we talking like yeah. just down the center of the the breast? Is like one wing and one drumstick, or is it like front to back? Or, well, and then it's like no one wanted, right. and he, like like that is like unheard of. It's always like, oh man, you know, I want that turkey, but oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone had access. When the children of Israel had too much manna or, something, <laughs> or too much quail. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. Anyways, that's great. I oh, love that story. Man. Yeah, so good. So the, the next story is from the Kaisers and a little like two different kinds of scenarios. So Jim's story for us, uh, really sharing about his experience in Sierra Leone and Susan also backs it up with uh, their experiences in Ethiopia. And, um, you know, in, in Sierra Leone, there wasn't really a time to to celebrate Thanksgiving. So he shared about other holidays in Sierra Leone and how they were able to celebrate with their community. So take a listen. When we lived in the village in, in Sierra Leone, and there the church would sometimes get together for Easter or Christmas and have a celebration out in the bush a bit, and they would collect money from everyone who wanted to come ahead of time, and then they would buy maybe a goat and a bunch of rice, and they would get together a bunch of big pots and they would take those out to the location that morning and would start cooking these huge pots of food. And people would gather and there'd be a big feast and sitting out there and and enjoying time together and, and the food. On other occasions, we would have people come to our house and we would serve them to a meal that we were having. And and we soon found out that there are different customs about how you go about serving food to people. When we would have folks to 
to our house, we started out by doing what we would do in America. And we would take a platter full of whatever food and pass it around for each person to help themselves as, as the plate went around the table. But we found out that that didn't work well in, in Sierra Leone. In Sierra Leone, the custom was that if you gave somebody a plate full of something, that was meant to be his food, and he would keep that and expect that that was what he, he was supposed to eat. So we very quickly learned that we had to adapt, and when you wanted to give someone food, that you needed to put it on the plate first and then give him his plate with, with what you wanted him to eat from on there. In Ethiopia, there or a couple of families that we would often get together. And if we were going to celebrate something like Thanksgiving, we would decide ahead of time who was going to provide what. And then we get together on that day and enjoy the meal together. We might play games together, or we might just sit and talk, and kids would enjoy being together. And very quickly, these families would become like our family just because we get to know them and we celebrate those holidays together. We don't have our own family there, so that's, that quickly becomes your own family. Another thing that happened occasionally, especially if we would be in the capital city, would be that the American embassy would invite Americans to come and celebrate the holiday together there. And usually the, the embassy itself would provide perhaps the meat, and then the rest of us would all bring something. So it was kind of like a, a potluck. And there would usually also be games that they planned, like if it was Easter, they might have an Easter egg hunt or that kind of thing, so that we would have a, a time of a special American-type fellowship. So Jim's story about family style uh, serving not being universal kind of reminds me of a time that here when we were having a mission exploration event where people were introduced to different dining styles and, you know, it was just kind of, hey, it's not universal, you know, it's not good or bad or like it's just different, but that awkwardness that can happen as you're like, oh, oh, wait. No, you 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 pass it. <laughs> I'm just imagining these folks that the Kaisers had over as well. Mm-hmm. Like they go back home and it's like it was the weirdest thing, man. All I got to eat was potatoes. <laughs> like <laughs> they gave all the potatoes the to me, and this guy got the meat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I made for good conversations for others as well. But <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and then how Susan really captured like when you're away from your family, like that time together of, you know, being able to play games and have food and and celebrating a holiday that is not necessarily celebrated in the country where you are residing. It's, it's really impactful to be able to gather together. And it's like, well, what do we have in common? We're, you know, maybe different professions coming from different parts of the U.S., different backgrounds, but hey, we're going to be family for the day. Yeah. So. It's really true. It's really great. Um, coming up next is Chris and Janine Pluger. And if you've listened to the podcast before, now this was what you were waiting for, the great storytellers, Chris and Janine, with their stories of, of food yeah. and festivals. Yeah, in Zambia. And, uh, 
yeah, the different flavors and some unwanted guests appear in Janine's story. So take a listen. So despite being missionaries now, when I grew up, before I met and married Chris, I had been born and raised in the same house my entire life. So our very first year on the field, holiday traditions were a big thing. I had never been away from home around the holidays. And so it was really, it was a hard thing. But what I remember distinctly was having a holiday, a Thanksgiving dinner with the Wells missionaries in Zambia. And I walked into the missionary guest house there and Sharon Hartman had decorated for Thanksgiving. And it was just almost like walking into home. She had done such a nice job. And it was just, it was a relief to see, oh, you know, even though I'm so far away from home and away from my family, I could see that, you know, you can still keep and carry your traditions with you and you can just celebrate them with with other people, with new people. And that was such a blessing to me being away from home for the first time like that over a holiday season. Another story, which was another time with the missionaries, instead of celebrating inside, we had a nice alfresco Thanksgiving dinner, which you can do in the middle of Zambia in November. Except the thing about Zambia is that November is the beginning of the rainy season. And with the rainy season, you also get the inswa, which are flying termites. And it just so happened that the night of our Thanksgiving dinner was Inswa night. And so we had started dinner and we were eating and it was wonderful. And as it was getting dark, the lights came on, you know, outside the security lights and up came the Inswa. And we're talking swarms and swarms of tiny termites flying all over the place. And they covered all of our food and they covered all the lights and and that was another memorable but must let much less enjoyable Thanksgiving for me. Um, the, one, the one Thanksgiving that I definitely remember, we were out in Petauke, so it must not have been the first Thanksgiving. It must have been the second. So Sean would have been about 10 years old. And I'm not sure how well-formed Sean's sense of traditions were. I'm not sure what really meant a lot to Sean, especially around the Thanksgiving holiday, because um, we always look forward to Christmas, but but Thanksgiving was just kind of a thing. And so... We had discussed that we're not going to have a turkey for Thanksgiving because turkeys cost like $65 and they're really small and, you know, who knows how many times they've been frozen and thawed. But Sean's special request, so we had the chicken fruit for lunch, but Sean's special request was for Thanksgiving dinner, for the supper of Thanksgiving, was to do what they did on the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving show, which was to have the Charlie Brown Snoopy, you know, Thanksgiving quote unquote dinner, which is, let me get this right, jelly beans, pretzel sticks, popcorn and toast and so so Sean helped us make that and it was you know 85 90 95 degrees we were sweating we were white but we were eating our toast and our jelly beans and just enjoying a a nice Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and then of course we watched the show so that was fun too but um, yeah that was Thanksgiving on the field in Zambia they're so dynamic yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my brother and his family do that Charlie Brown Thanksgiving meal to the the boys since they were little. That's what they loved. So anyways, but yeah. We've um, never done that. (laughs) Uh, No, I I love to, Janine just like hits the nail on the head. Like the traditions, like walking into a space and just feeling like, oh, this is is what I think of when I think of this holiday. 
You know, we always listen to the same, like, pianist every Thanksgiving autumn season and, you know, warm candles and just having, you know, just this warm atmosphere. Now, I mean, it was warm for her for a different reason because, you know, Southern Hemisphere, but... There's a lot to be said with that. Yeah, and I would say um, that one of the things that happens when you're overseas is you didn't realize that's what you were missing until right. you walk into it, and then it's it's like you said, it's like mm-hmm. oh, this is really what I needed, what I what I missed, or what it feels like right. this holiday to me. So that's really special. Yeah, but the Inswa, yeah, I I did yeah. follow up with her, and uh, no, she did not ever consume any. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. There's got to be limits somewhere, I guess. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So speaking of Thanksgiving holidays, does your family watch football on Thanksgiving at all? You guys don't strike me as sports people, really. So, you know, that the Detroit Lions play every year on Thanksgiving. That's a like a Michigan tradition then to that you're going to watch the Lions or a lot of people even go to the game, even though they're terrible (laughs) at football. And it's a disappointment every single year. But this year they play the Chicago Bears. So maybe we'll Maybe. play it or something. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I remember uh, our first Thanksgiving then in Botswana, we didn't get to watch the Detroit lions game. And to be honest, we uh, both thought that was a tradition that was worth <laughs> giving up at that point. <laughs> and nothing's really changed so far <laughs> this year. The uh, Detroit lions, as we are recording this podcast, they are winless on the season. Oh. This is the first football season where there's 17 games instead of 16 games. In the regular season, but they're not going to be 0-17 because they didn't win on Sunday, but they tied. Oh, <laughs> so it's a very Lions way <laughs> to not to also not do something <laughs> new. Oh. So anyways, <laughs> let's talk about our well-behaved neighbors to the north in Canada. They have a Thanksgiving tradition, too. And we're going to hear from Mike and Kara Kuhn, who are Lutheran Bible translators, Canada, missionaries serving in Cameroon. Canadian Thanksgiving is celebrated in a similar manner to U.S. Thanksgiving, uh, but it is the second weekend of October on a Monday, which doesn't make sense. So that was Emily's note. Anyways, it's, it's it follows the second weekend of October, celebrated on Monday. And so, yes, or, that or is just, exactly how the internet right. describes that's it. That's the internet. Okay. The worldwide web. According to crowdsourced information, if there are any Canadians listening and you have more <laughs> more better information than the internet, send that on to us. So, um, yeah, the Coons and the Derricks, we're going to hear from them too, both in Cameroon. Cameroon is uh, like right in the, okay, they call it the armpit of Africa sometimes. <laughs> so if you're listening from Cameroon, we don't mean that in a negative way, but if geographically that's just what it looks like. It looks like a rooster. It looks like a rooster. That's location is in is in the, the f- west central, central part right of Africa. Correct. And <laughs> it has lots of different climates there. I don't know if at Thanksgiving time it's any different than any other time, which is basically toasty. hot. Yes. Very toasty. Uh, where these guys are anyways, that you can go to some places that are in mountains that are nice and cool, but we're really digressing here. So what do we know about, uh, what do we hear from Mike and Kara and the Derricks here? Oh, well, we get to hear a little bit about the menu and what that all entails for them as they were improvising, but also how Cameroonians celebrate in Thanksgiving for in their church and in their communities. Hi, Rich. Hi, Emily. So you want to know a little bit about Thanksgiving as Canadians in Cameroon. When we first arrived, we were in a small village in the northern part of Cameroon, a village called Galim. 
and we were really the only missionaries in the village, so there was no opportunity to gather with other people, so our family would just try and do a special meal on our own. When I think back on Thanksgiving in Canada, uh, usually the, the three things I think about are family, lots of good food, and giving thanks to God in prayer. So we always tried to incorporate those things into our Thanksgiving celebrations in Galim. Kara, can you work us through the menu a little bit? So if we were in Canada, we'd usually be having turkey, but we didn't have access to turkey in Galim. Sometimes we could get a duck, sometimes we could get a chicken, but sometimes they were hard to find. So if you were lucky and you started looking a few weeks in advance, you might find somebody who has a fowl for sale <laughs> and you can get it and keep it at your place. And when it's getting close to Thanksgiving, have a neighbor friend come over and help you slaughter it and then cook it up. So we often did duck or chicken. So for us, the Derricks family living in Cameroon, when Thanksgiving comes around and we're missing home and we're missing uh, the holiday time, uh, one wonderful tradition that we have in Cameroon is called the Fête de Reconnaissance, the day of Thanksgiving, they call it. And so there's a special church service. It's a very, very long service, maybe three or four hours, but everyone dresses up their best. Everyone just is in a really great spirits and really feeling uh, positive after their harvest. And when they give their offering, it's probably their biggest offering of the year. And to show their joy to give that gift, usually the members of the congregation, along with ourselves, place our gift, maybe like some kind of vegetables or some kind of, even I've seen chickens and goats and things put on top of your head and you dance down the aisle of the church as you offer your your offering, offer your tithe in front of the altar. And so that's something we've always looked forward to. And even after that church service, we have friends over to just talk about um, things we're thankful for. And that that tradition we've had in Cameroon really helps us feel closer to home. Yeah, I actually listening to Elliot's story just reminds me, of course, that the timing of Thanksgiving and for many cultures throughout world history and, and still in the world today is really tied to the harvest mm-hmm. and the, the dependence really that you have on God's graciousness uh, through that harvest work. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking between Mike and Karakoon and Elliot Derrick's sharing about his experience with Serena and, and the kids. Just that it really, what was the origin before Thanksgiving? It wasn't football. It wasn't even like right. turkey, but okay. Thanksgiving for what we have been given in our family and in uh, the provision that we have for food and gathering together in fellowship, thanking God. And that's just, it is beautifully imagined in my mind of seeing people from different backgrounds, different cultures, and how um, we can celebrate in Thanksgiving around the world. Yeah, and this demonstration of the thankfulness, the parading, the gift, 
you know, sometimes maybe we think uh, in our culture, like not to be too showy or ostentatious or whatever. But in this case, that's it's not about that. It's not about showing off the gift. It's about showing how thankful we yeah. are to give. The display of gratitude that we are so thankful to have, you know, this chicken, this squash, you know, like right. being able to say like, you know, Lord, everything that I have is from you and being able to give that back. Right. It's in the uh, book of Deuteronomy. That's where it's read in uh, in Lutheran churches on uh, Thanksgiving celebration services. Usually the Old Testament reading is a reading from Deuteronomy where God says, um, when you have entered into this land where you're going to have all this abundance, all these riches, this is the thing that really just resonates with me, all these abundance, all these riches and things that you're going to have available. Remember to give thanks to God, mm-hmm. or you're going to think that you did it yourself. Mm-hmm. And so these demonstrations of thankfulness uh, that we see from places that maybe don't even have access to nearly the amount of abundance, but that heart of saying, I've been given something, I have what I need, and I want to say thanks is, uh, is really beautiful. So our next story is uh, definitely about fellowship. Carl and Kelsey Grilke and Tiffany Smith actually got to celebrate with them mm. in Botswana a couple of years ago when she was still an intern with us. And just coming together and uh, just celebrating with the people in our community and just kind of a fun flavor for them. So take a listen. Hi, Emily and Rich and podcast fans. This is Kelsey and Carl Grolke. We live in Maun, Botswana, and we usually try to get the Americans in town together for Thanksgiving every year. We end up with a, a pretty good number of people between other missionaries that we know and some Peace Corps volunteers and just other people that have been around. Yeah, we have a great time trying to make as close to possible as we can of an American Thanksgiving dinner. There's one deli in town that stocks turkeys around that time of year. And so we can get an actual turkey. The biggest one that we found last year was, uh, I think, around nine pounds. So a little bit different. (laughs) Our sweet potatoes here are white. And so one of the ladies dyed the sweet potatoes orange so they would look like the ones from home. And we usually spend the year pretty much hunting for cranberries, for a cranberry relish. We have found them frozen every once in a while. So every time we go to the shops, we I always check the frozen fruit to see if the cranberries are there. I think we've had some frozen in our freezer since March. Uh-huh, waiting for, for the, Thanksgiving. Waiting for this year. Uh, Last year, we put Cheetos on top of our green bean casserole since we didn't have the little onion bits you're supposed to put on top. But either way, whatever we can get, we have a great time celebrating a holiday that feels like home. Even if it's 95 degrees outside, we pack it in and have a great day being thankful together. My first holiday spent overseas just happened to be Thanksgiving when I was an intern for LBT in Botswana in 2019. I remember it being the warmest Thanksgiving I've ever experienced coming from Iowa. And the selection of food was slightly different just because not all of the quote normal food that I would associate with Thanksgiving was available in the grocery stores in Mountain. So for example, I made green bean casserole entirely from scratch, which was a first for me because cream of mushroom soup was just non-existent in your average supermarket. 
But what I loved about the whole experience was that it brought together many Americans from around the city together for a comfortable and familiar meal that we all are so just used to celebrating. And so it was nice to celebrate it with people from all over the U.S. and from all walks of life. But we all had that one thing in common, that we were missionaries in Botswana and we could just come together for this one familiar, comfortable tradition. And now that I'm overseas again this year, but this time in England for Thanksgiving, I'm really looking forward to sharing that experience with other people. Even though I'm the only American in my program, there are still several classmates who want to enjoy some, you know, quote, traditional American food. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that with them. And I think that it will still be a really fun experience. And yeah, I guess that's my experience of Thanksgiving overseas. And I just look forward to experiencing more in the future and seeing how creative I can get with ingredients that may or may not be available and how many more people, expats, missionaries, whoever it might be, who I can hear their stories of, of Thanksgiving and experience that, that tradition with them. Carl and Kelsey Grokey are formidable in the kitchen. <laughs> just start with that. I would spent uh, close to two months recently during my doctoral research there in Botswana and Carl and Kelsey, when I came out of the bush in the field, they would host me. And yeah, they just do amazing things there. So it's no surprise that they're the ones pulling together folks for Cheetos Thanksgiving. Cheetos green bean casserole. Yeah, that is the one thing, though. If, if Carl and Kelsey are listening, I found those kind of onions when I lived in Botswana. So oh. just don't give up yet. You can find <laughs> those French fried onions. So anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, being innovative, I think, Absolutely. is crucial flexible innovative you know and and i think that's the balance right of okay selecting what traditions like kind of ground us and in what ways can you bend that tradition to like i mean i'm gonna hunt for cranberries in march like because i know that that's something that i love to have with a turkey or you know whatever the thanksgiving meal is and just trusting like okay well if it doesn't work out I'm still going to have a wonderful time because I'm thankful for, right. you know, my my family and those around me. And I think that's what Tiffany kind of shared, like, you know, that flexibility and coming together and just encouraging one another. Yeah. And I love, too, that it's like then sharing it with other people who don't celebrate in that same way. It's good fun. Yeah, like, when you get to be in that cross-cultural situation and then say, let me show you a little bit about uh-huh. where I come from and share that with others too. That is really great. Yeah. And the, uh, yeah, like you said, the the flexibility, like on the one hand, it's about being thankful, but on the other hand, you know, the experience is, is part of it too and, mm-hmm. and what makes it dear to us. And I think you can find that there's the opportunity to incorporate some what become new traditions right. maybe just in that situation where you're at or maybe they even come home with you and and right. be sharing with others back home too. Yeah, it's like, so. oh, this is the way I always did it, but maybe this way is better. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when we, our family, since we're on the Botswana, I'll just throw one in real quick too. When we lived in Botswana, we lived in a, a village kind of remote, so not really an opportunity to gather with others. But one thing that I love that just really illustrates how the people there kind of tried to care for us is one of the owners of a local shop that sold meat got turkeys in. Mm -hmm. And so he made a point of showing me, look, I have these turkeys. (laughs) And so I bought one and then 
you know, nobody else was buying these things and uh, there weren't a lot, but yeah, long story short, I bought them all eventually, (laughs) Uh, but they had gotten them in uh, for us because we live there in the community and they heard from somewhere that Americans have this holiday and uh, they eat these strange things. (laughs) And yeah, we made one of them and I actually uh, had the neighbors over and more before you could like Google search on your phone, I had to go inside on my laptop and then I printed out this picture that had a chicken and a turkey next to each other to show like, okay, this is, is the this difference the size between difference? these things. Yeah. yeah. So, cause they were like, is this just a really big chicken or what? Right. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Turduckins. So, right. Good stuff. But yeah, yeah just to really, again, just to, to celebrate and be thankful, but then also to really just kind of take in mm-hmm. the, the love that was shown for our family that way. Yeah. No, that's actually, it's quite lovely because... Yeah. You know, as you're just kind of acclimating and, you know, and loving people and being in a different environment. And it's like, hey, you're part of the community and we, we recognize where you come from is different. And you yeah. have that background to celebrate, too. So, yeah. So um, Thanksgiving is, as we've discovered, not uniform uh, around the world. And there's some flexibility, but sometimes just new traditions entirely need to be created just for our our wholeness, our wellness, and for us to be able to truly give thanks and the importance of finding rest and and Sabbath. And so one of our chief advocates for actually investing that time in, you know, seeking holistic health, member care coordinator Ali Federwitz shares their story of how they celebrate Thanksgiving on an annual basis. Our family tradition for Thanksgiving came out of a need for us to just have quality time, just the five of us, without really being involved in any sort of activity with others or even really making a big hoopla out of it. It's just needed us to be able to disconnect from technology and from the the noise and busyness of the city. So with recommendations from friends, we learned about a private beach about an hour and a half drive from where we live and decided, okay, we've heard a lot about this place. Why don't we just check it out? And why don't we go on Thanksgiving Day? It's a Thursday. Nobody else here has that day off. And even, you know, if it if it were to be, you know, a Friday, these places would be busier than on a Thursday for any normal time. So we just took advantage of it being on an odd day and went to this beach we had heard so much about and were so pleasantly surprised when we showed up there and there was nobody else there. It felt like we owned this beachfront, this part of the ocean, just the five of us. And the beach resort, resort might be a generous word for it. it. It's very basic accommodations, but there was, you know, a pavilion with table and chairs just overlooking the, the sand and the ocean. So our kids would play on the, on the sand, building, digging, whatever. And Paul and I would take advantage of, you know, them being entertained and we would drink some really nice coffee and just kind of relax uh, for a little bit. And then after some ocean play, we would enjoy lunch there on the beach too. We had the restaurant prepare for us and the guy who runs it has a diverse background, has been a lot of different places and he just kind of recognized 
This is a family here on a Thursday. Hey, are you Americans? Are you celebrating Thanksgiving? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it it took a couple of, I think, our second or third year where he put all of those things together that he had seen us. But we just kind of tell him what we like to eat and just ask him to put together a big platter family style with, you know, kebabs and, and vegetables and potatoes and whatever, you know, whatever he might have. And we share family style and one thing the kids especially love is that dessert is included with our meal and it could be anything from fresh fruit to a scoop of ice cream or maybe they've made some some sort of cake that we can partake and so it just really feels like a feast for us in all actuality you know the price is far below what you would pay to have a night at a hotel or even actually a, a meal at a fancy restaurant. We, you know, just kind of go for the day. And by the time we return to our home in the late afternoon, early evening and get showers and just kind of get in comfy clothes, we're, we're all feeling tired, but that, that good kind of tired, like the kind of tired you feel after you've eaten turkey for the day. <laughs> and we might, we might watch a movie, we might play some games, but it's just really low key. And I haven't had to cook for the day. So that's relaxing for me. And Paul hasn't been on his computer or on his phone or anything. And that's relaxing for him. And the kids have gotten our full attention. So that's relaxing for them. And then we'll just eat uh, whether we can scrounge for leftovers in the fridge or we make a smoothie and some popcorn, it just feels so, so different from our regular busyness that it we just feel joyful. And then not only do we look forward to that day, but that weekend then is our traditional time to start decorating our house for Christmas. So the whole holiday really holds just a lot of tradition and and memories for our our crew each year and we really kind of protect it there there was once the suggestion that maybe we invite some friends along and our kids were vehemently opposed to that no this is our time we can play with our friends another time this is our time so it really has become something just really fulfilling and and relaxing for all of us I want to celebrate Thanksgiving that way. <laughs> it sounds pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just being able to actually rest. And I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. I think I just overdo the busyness. Mm -hmm. You know, you try to pack so much in. And there's a lot to be said to just, sit, you know, like slowing it down, spending time with the key people in your life. You know, like maybe that's not the day of that you can do that. But being able to slow down and actually like, oh, like these are the blessings in my life and to celebrate those and to just breathe. <laughs> yeah, there's certainly a lot of value in the mindfulness that comes with what she described there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that focused on being thankful, spending time with your family certainly will um, remind you of some of the greatest gifts that God has given you and what you're thankful for. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just a, a beautiful story. And again, on a beach, you know, we don't, since in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, I suppose in the Southern part of the United States, which I haven't been blessed to be in, and Thanksgiving, maybe that's an option, but uh, not yeah. for the rest of us, no. right? No. Yeah, great stories and great work putting this together. So what will Thanksgiving look like for Emily Wilson? Oh, Emily Wilson will be spending time with her nephew and niece, as I like to call them, my halflings. Yes, indeed. Uh, Solomon and Hazel. 
and eating probably too much turkey. My sister has this amazing cranberry and pear sauce that is warm and it has cinnamon in it, you know? So, and just spending time with family, avoiding shopping at all costs because that's just too much madness here. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And uh, my wife likes to cook from scratch and try new things. So she's got a a nice uh, array of things planned and I'll pitch in with some cooking as well. Our family is getting more spread out and Mm -hmm. uh, we'll have a smaller group this year, but enjoy the time. And again, just a great privilege to have the time to be thankful to uh, share fellowship with those who are close to us and to hear how God's uh, at work around the world and uh, different expressions of thankfulness, food and festivals and uh, fellowship. So it's a real privilege to share those stories with you. We hope that as you celebrate your Thanksgiving, that the Lord uh, allows for you to have the space also to uh, reflect on all the great gifts he's given you and uh, just really you know, find that joy in our hearts of being thankful for uh, what God's done in our lives. And shameless plug here, you know, as you're cooking and baking right. and driving around from place to place. You're going to have some time on your hands. Yeah. Which can be filled with? Ah, more essentially translatable. More essentially translatable. Where are we going to find that at? LBT.org slash podcast or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Yep. And if you're listening to us on a podcast platform, then <laughs> you're, you're already, already there. in the right place. <laughs> you might think about subscribing so you can uh, get that later on it's true tell your friends absolutely and happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving i'm so glad that uh, you spent some of it with us thank you for listening to the essentially translatable podcast brought to you by lutheran bible translators you can find past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org slash podcast or subscribe on audible apple podcast spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts follow lutheran bible translators social media channels on facebook instagram or twitter Or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. This episode of Essentially Translatable was produced and edited by Andrew Olson. Our executive producer is Emily Wilson. Podcast artwork was designed by Caleb Rodewald. Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Rich Radowski. So long for now.